Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode two of the Top Button Podcast with your host, Charlie Five. As you can tell by the lights in the background and the attire, it's time to get festive, it's time to get fired up, and it's time to bug. So let's button up, have some fun, and it's time to get after it. Look, last episode, the format worked really well. We had a little portal talk, a little bit of recruiting. Let's just kind of keep that flavor going. Uh, we're going to start off with a little portal, hit some recruiting, and then just see where it goes from there. Okay, so look, starting off with the portal, look, this is the season. The portal giveth and the portal taketh away. But for one Auburn Tiger, the portal will not take him from us yet. The, the draft will not take him from us yet, and that is Keontae Scott, Agent Zero, our nickelback punt returning star. He is coming back for his third season on the Plains, and I don't think we could go sign a player on defense out of the portal, recruiting-wise, anywhere that could have a bigger impact than Keontae Scott will have on this roster in 2024. Uh you know, we'd kind of heard some some chatter that um, he was possibly coming back. We heard some other chatter that he was going to, you know, go pro. He'd done kind of all he could do. Uh, he's been a great defensive back and special teams, um, uh, special teams punt return guy, but uh, he's coming back. He announced it on Twitter. It was a great video. It was suspenseful. It was suspenseful. It took me that whole two-minute ride to start booging because it kind of felt like he was going to set us up to uh, leave, but in the end, he decides that he's coming back. He hasn't had enough. He hasn't had enough booging. He hasn't had enough Auburn family. He hasn't had enough Jordan hair. He's ready to run it back, uh, and I'm. I could not be uh, more excited. He's probably my favorite player uh, on last year's team. Uh, it was a bummer that he got hurt and missed several games. That could be another reason. Uh, that uh, kind of had it left him with a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth. He didn't, he didn't, get, he didn't get a full season to to you know kind of shine. He had he had it kind of cut short uh, in the middle of the season. Came back strong and then had that terrible you know untimely injury in the Iron Bowl where um, he hurt his shoulder, couldn't do the last punt return, and then you know I don't want to open that wound, but history is history. But the good news is one of the key pillars to the 2024 defense is coming back and he is going to make uh, a statement in 2024 uh, and I can't wait to see him I know he's going to be raring to go uh, and uh, gonna make just make a huge impact one thing that uh, you know keeping a guy like this is like I already kind of mentioned this is almost as big as signing the number one uh, portal guy out of the portal. I mean, this is just as big as that because these guys have the freedom now to go and do and leave uh, and go shop and do and do whatever they can to better themselves, which I'm all for. But he chose to come back to Auburn, and I'm sure he was handsomely rewarded for doing so, and he's worth every penny. Uh, and I'm fired up about that. couple of other ancillary bonuses that people don't realize about Keontae Scott. Dude loves recruiting. Dude loves it. He loves hosting guys. He loves chirping at dudes on Twitter. 
that's like one of his favorite things. He calls himself the closer. I mean, this guy, this guy is not only coming back, but he's ready to go make Auburn better. Double whammy. It's like hiring another recruiter on the trail. Uh, that's who we have. Let me tell you somebody who loves Keontae Scott, KJ Bolden, huge Keontae Scott fan. So not saying he's coming back just specifically to go after KJ Bolden, but if you don't think that's not a target he has his eyes set on, uh, you got another thing coming. Uh, Keontae Scott could be, I mean, he could be one of the better uh, recruiting players on the team. I mean, he absolutely loves it. I could see him after he plays several years in the NFL, coming back to being a coach, and that dude being on the trail, holy cow. He's infectious, and I, I think dudes are just drawn to him. They want to play with him. Some of the some of the freshman guys, like imagine this, imagine this. You're a freshman, highly recruited. You're a star at your high school, and you think that you're going to come into Auburn and and play and, and play right away. You're going to be a stud right away. And then the senior who you think's leaving, that's going to be your spot that you're going to take over, comes back, and you're not mad about it. You're excited. That's what you're starting to see on Twitter. Some of these guys, I can't wait to come play behind you, to come learn from you. Amon Lane uh, was one of the ones that tw is tweeting that, and he is a prototype, like nickel corner type player like that. I mean, that's his. That's going to be his role probably uh, at Auburn, and and the guy that's going to play in front of him. He is so excited that he gets to come play back, come play with him. I think that speaks volumes about his character, who he is, uh, and, and just the value that he brings to this Auburn team. I'm just. Coming back, and I'm, I mentioned that. I mean, you can. I'm lumping it into the portal just because it's just like getting a portal. It's really more like dodge, somebody dodging the NFL draft, but it's really just like <clears throat> adding somebody from the portal. So Keontae Scott's back. That's the biggest news <clears throat> of this offseason so far. Of this offseason so far. So who do you? Who are those guys? Who are those other guys that we're really hoping? I, we may not necessarily get announcements. I think. One you probably will, uh, and that's Eugene Asante. If 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 he's one that we can put on the the Keontae Scott path and get him to come back, I think he's going to be one that's going to put out an announcement. Uh, but you got Keontae Scott, Eugene Asante, and Dylan Wade. Eugene Asante and Dylan Wade; those are the next two that are critical, in my opinion, uh, for. The, the success of of next year. Maybe Dylan Wade more so um, than Asante, but I, that's only if you're just asking me to rate one above the other. Um, but both of those dudes are so critical, uh, and I think that you'll start to see a little bit of movement on those uh, as well uh, moving forward, and hopefully both are going to be positive. I know Dylan Wade, we have, we're already kind of working on this – Matt reimagining this 2024 offensive line with him included. So, like, already understand, like, he's part of the plan right now and the recruiting the, the recruiting aspect of the portal is done with the idea that Dylan Wade's going to be here, whether he's going to be playing at tackle, whether we're going to be able to add that guy to slide him on the inside and just have this unbelievable uh, 
left guard, center, right guard combo of him, Connor Lou, and then it could be Jeremiah Wright. It could be an, a, a portal guard, whoever. Those three right in the middle could be absolutely phenomenal. Who do you add at left tackle? You got Isaiah Miller over there at right tackle. The 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 2024 offensive line could really, really start to take shape here over the next seven days or so. Uh, would love to get an announcement from Dylan Wade that he's coming back to go ahead and solidify that uh, solidify that spot, and then it can kind of make you see. I think it doesn't. He doesn't necessarily have to go first, but if he goes, then you can kind of see. You'll see how the pieces may fit together, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about who's come in uh, on the offensive line from the portal this past weekend, and then you know on Thursday we'll talk about who's going to be coming uh, on the weekend. So. Um, those those things are big uh, in portal season. I know I know they're not really necessarily related to the portal. You could lose those guys to the portal, but more than likely you're battling the NFL draft. But the reason I, I lumped them in here is because it's just like adding a huge portal pickup. It's just like adding a five star portal defender, def, uh, nickel defender that you've you've seen film on that you know you can that can compete at the SEC level and can compete at a high level in the SEC level and be a factor. Keontae Scott's coming back. Let's see what happens with uh, Dylan Wade and Eugene Asante. Fingers crossed um, because I think those guys are also very, very, very uh, important. Let's keep the book going, man. This past weekend was great. Got our first true portal commitment. Um, it was one of the ones that I kind of had – uh, on my radar, uh, Robert Lewis out of Georgia State. Um, I probably have three receivers that have entered um, that I feel like are were at the top of my list, and he was one of them. Uh, he is uh, an electric, electric guy that we identified early in the process. That is the that is to me the the biggest key. I. Two things, identifying someone early, not being a last-minute addition, not being somebody thrown together, somebody that you have you have selected, somebody that you have watched film on for a whole season, somebody that you have done the background checks on, that you've had time to actually compare to other, other guys, not you're getting in here at the last minute and you're just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what will stick and just adding bodies. This is a dude – that was in the top three or four of the guys that uh, we targeted at receiver uh, in the you know throughout the season that we were going to consciously put effort in if they went into the portal we were going to get that guy and you go out and you get him you get a 511 195 pound uh, slot do it all guy he could be a slot he could be a little bit of an outside you could really line him up at either position. Um, he did a little bit of everything at Georgia State. He came out of the backfield. Um, he was in the he was in the slot. He could go the 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 short dig routes. He could go deep. He had a ninety seven yard touchdown, uh, which we haven't had since. I mean, I guess the last one I, it was probably Emory Blake uh, in two thousand ten. Is probably the longest touchdown we've had. Uh, that was thirteen years ago. Now, granted, you don't have a 90-yard touchdown, but once every probably decade anyway. But still, you got a guy that can house it uh, from anywhere on the field, and he's 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 
probably labeled as an inside guy, but he's built, man. He's not, he's not just this small in stature guy. Again, he's 5'11", 195. There's running backs that are that size. That's like a good size of a running back. I mean, you're talking uh, a, 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 a smaller guy that can get it done, that can probably take some hits, that can make some stuff happen after contact. Um, a lot of kind of reminds me of Eli Stove. Um, possibly Eli Stove, but a better, maybe a better all around receiver. That's what he kind of reminds me of. One year to play. Um, I think he's going to come in and he's going to play right away, right away. Um, another theme that I think you're going to see with the receivers are, can you be here in January? Uh, when, I, when the first portal, portal first opened up, one of the biggest receivers that I wanted, and I talked about it on Locked on Auburn, was Will Shepard from Vanderbilt. Very productive, three years of – six, 700 yards plus in the SEC, which I think, you know, at Vanderbilt, over 100 yards receiving is something I wouldn't turn my nose up at. But he's been very productive. But the key is he, he from all reports, does not graduate until May. So Will Shepard could not – would not be here until probably late May, early June. And that we've, – we've done that before. You know, people talk about G5 – I think that we don't want to go G5 again. I don't think we want to bring dudes in uh, in June that we need to play right now and, and and just roll with it. I don't think we're I don't think we're that desperate. I don't think we're at that point, especially when you got um, you got a Cam Coleman who's coming in uh, early, not so so early that he's going to be practicing in some of the bowl practices. No, but we we want guys that can be here in spring, go through a spring practice, go through a spring workout. Robert Lewis is one of them, um, and I'm really, really fired up to see that say this, see this guy. The one thing that I'm, I'm, I think we're gonna have to wait just a little bit longer is, is if this is our inside guy, who is our outside guy? If we're gonna have an inside and an outside guy, I'm not sure that it's a hundred percent clear yet who that outside guy is, um, and I'm okay with that because I think there's. Uh, I think there's there's possibly guys that may have not entered the portal yet. There could be guys playing in the playoff. There could be guys that are going to go in after their bowl game, um, and there could be a guy like a like a um, Kelly from from Washington State that we're working on under the, under the you know behind the scenes. I'm not that's that's just that's just a possibility. I'm not saying that's that's what's going on, so, but when you got a guy like Robert Lewis. It sort of makes me not be so anxious, it, it, for me anyways. I'm not necessarily so anxious to see who it's going to be because I know I got one stud, uh, so more than likely that theme can carry, can carry on. So, again, I don't expect Will Shepard to be um, the outside guy. I don't really know who that guy's going to be at the moment, um, but I'm sure it's going to start to shake out here soon because clock, the clock's ticking. Bowl games are going to start being played. Dudes are going to start jumping in after their bowl games. You got to be in the portal by January second. So we're well within thirty days of you having to be declared to be in the portal. Um, so the clock's ticking. There's going to be some dead periods in there where dudes can't even talk to. I mean, they can talk to coaches, but they can't visit coach visit campuses. So um, it'll shake out. 
Uh, but this is a huge pickup. Golly, it's a huge pickup. Um, the only slot guy that I would even entertain uh, above him would be the Colin Lacey kid from South Alabama. But I think more than likely he is going to uh, – deservedly so. He's the number two receiver um, yardage-wise in the country. He's going to, to demand a probably a very handsome, handsome uh, NIL package. And I think we're probably – Two, two years away from not having to add 10 to 12 guys, and we can go get a Colin Lacey. We can go get the best guy out there because we only may only be adding two or three. So right now we're still playing money ball. We're still figuring out that DraftKings slash FanDuel lineup, making the value work. I could not be more excited about Robert Lewis. I'm ready to, for him to get here. I'm ready to watch spring ball because – it's, I don't see – you're not going to be able to keep this guy off the field. Like, he, he's going to walk in the room ready to go. Um, this past weekend, we had several guys come in. We talked about Bed from, from Indiana. He came in uh, offensive guard from Indiana. Um, he could play pretty much anywhere. He left and went straight to Colorado. Um, not sure that whole, that, that whole situation. I, I'm not really sure where he falls uh, on the list. Um, I do know we want to take a, an inside, like a like a guard. I think we want to take a guard, and then we want to take a tackle prospect if we can. Bedford can play both, okay? I, but I don't necessarily think he's uh, at the tops of the charts for either one. But he's but he's in there. I think he's in there. Um, but he did leave. He went to Colorado. He did not commit to Colorado. So he's probably going to take some more visits. And I think if we possibly need to entertain it and push, we can. One guy that I think the name is going to be around for a while, though, uh, I'm not saying he's going to commit, but I think one that's going to hang around and be in the conversation of who's going to be our offensive tackle is Mac Pounders from Memphis. First of all, what a name. What a name. Mac Pounders. Dude, if you got an offensive lineman who's a, if you got an offensive lineman whose name's Mac, I mean that just that just Mac truck. I'm just gonna run you over. And then Pounders, I mean both you put both of those together. Look out, all name offensive line team 2024. Like give me some of that. Mac Pounders from Memphis. He is a six five three hundred ish, very very athletic sophomore tackle. He's got two years left to play. That's big. That's late. That's that's not only being an impact, but you can be an impact for two years. Okay? Mac Pounders, turns out he's like from right outside the same hometown as Hugh Freeze. They like ate it. They know the same restaurants. They got – that's, uh, you know, coming from Jeffrey Lee from On3. Uh, they're – they just have they hit it off right off the bat, which I feel like Hugh Freeze is just like that, man. I'm gonna find, yeah, I've I've been to that gas station or yeah, I've eaten at that that restaurant hole in the wall restaurant where you're from. Like he's just that kind of guy. But it's just funny to have a dude from Mississippi that's grew up 10 minutes from where you grew up, your head coach grows up, that natural connection. Um, Mac Pounders, I think, is going to be in the portal talk at left tackle. Um for a while, and he said it was a you know it was a ten out of ten visit, ten out of ten visit. Um, there could be some guys 
uh, that are a little, maybe a little bit higher than him. I, it's hard to imagine there could be somebody that's that big of a fit uh, that could be that much, that much higher. But um, again, on Thursday's show, I think we got some guys coming in this weekend. We'll talk about that. That that may be the that may be the battle that we have between choosing between Mac Pounders and and who may come in this weekend. So I'm a big fan of Mac. I'd be okay if he just called it. And just and we just caught it and committed, but uh, I think there's there's a lot of st- there's a lot of stuff having a dude from Mississippi. I just I just like guys from Mississippi. They're just tough, you know, tough offensive linemen from Mississippi. Give me some of those. I just think they're tough, and and, and we we're going to recruit Mississippi hard because that's huge stomping grounds. But just I love having I love having guys that I love having guys that you could possibly used to build relationships with other other players high schools in and around where that kid grew up i just that's that's a lot of the vision that i see hugh freeze has it's not just i'm trying to get this guy and that's the end of that it's like not only am i trying to get this guy but i'm gonna try to get this guy because i think he could lead me to this 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 guy this guy like that's the kind of stuff that i see um with hugh freeze um Another great thing about Mac Pounders, the two I talked about the two years. This 2025 high school offensive line class for Auburn could be absolutely um, the best we've ever had. I'm talking about you, you've always we've always been desiring Auburn to be able to go out and get these five-star offensive tackles, high four-star offensive tackles. I think there's going to be multiple. I think you're going to have a chance to land multiple of those in this 2025 class. So what does that mean, Charlie Five? Why? Why? What does that have to do with Mac Pounders? Well, Mac Pounders is going to be here for 2024. He could be here for 2025. And so now you got dudes that are redshirt freshmen or true sophomores that are four high four high five star players in 2026 when Mac Pounders is gone. They can you know, be ready to step on the field and play. Uh, they've had time to develop. You're not throwing guys into the fire. I just think being able to move away from uh, being able to get a guy that's not a one-and-done. Being And, again, Mac could be so good that he could still be a one-and-done. I think that's a good problem to have. If you bring Mac in and he shines so bright that, that he goes pro, that's a good problem to have. But more than likely, he's going to have to prove himself for two years at a higher level. It's probably going to be a little adjustment period in 2024, and then he's going to once he catches his, once he gets up to speed, he takes up, he just pushes even further forward in 2025, and then hopefully you got this uh, this offensive line class that's playing with him, playing behind him, working out with him in 2025, and they get to step in uh, in 2026. Uh, and, and and just move it forward, move the line forward. Uh, so a lot of, lot of pluses uh, behind Mac Pounders. Um, but, yeah, that was – that's sort of the big highlights from the portal over the weekend. Um, I think uh, Jerquan Scott from uh, Southern Miss, I think he, he came in as well. He's, he's one of the interior guys that we're looking at. Um, when you're listening to this, he may be – have, he have he's possibly going to have committed. Uh, I think he announced that he's going to commit uh, today, which is Tuesday. At this point in time, I'm not sure that it's going to be Auburn, and I don't think that that is 
uh, I think that's by design. I think that we have some guys uh, that are a little bit higher on the board, Bedford possibly being one, and then some guys that we possibly have coming in this weekend. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily freak out about that. I know we pumped him up on Locked on Auburn and and, and today, the Today Show, Locked on Auburn, and I'm still very high on him. And if he does choose Auburn, that's, that's, that's a bonus because the dude's from Mobile. Uh, that's a, Again, you had a Mobile kid, Mobile relationships. He's only got one year, but – he could come in. He could start right away at right guard. But at this point in time, I'm not necessarily sure that he's going to be an Auburn Tiger. I think he's probably going to be – I think he's probably going to go to Ole Miss. So, Thursday, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about upcoming visits. This next weekend could be even bigger for the portal. The portal's starting to get open good. You know, I said it ain't even been open that good uh, last week. It's open good now. You're, more guys are going in. Guys are starting to commit, um, and this weekend is one of the one of the big weekends that's before a dead period, which I think is dumb. I think it's dumb to be able to open the portal and then you have dead periods in the meantime. So um, it's going to be a big visit weekend. We're going to bring in a bunch of guys, and as as those visits start to kind of show themselves and, and become a little bit more clear, we're going to talk about that um, a little bit on uh, Thursday. So before I get into recruiting, I want to talk about, you know, on the little intro episode, I said, we're going to talk about recruiting. We're going to talk about the portal. We're going to talk about football. We may even have some life lessons. And this is going to be kind of one of those, uh, one of those football uh, recruiting deals that, that ends up possibly kind of being a life lesson. So just buckle up, hang in there with me for a minute, okay? So today, actually, when I'm recording this on uh, Monday, uh, so yesterday, you're listening to this on Tuesday, so yesterday, Ryan Williams, the number one player uh, in the 2025 class, possibly the most electric um, offensive player that's ever come out of the state of Alabama, cannot think of one that is more uh, electric than this kid from a marketing standpoint, from a, from a fame standpoint, like I, I and, a, and then talent cannot think of one. Can't I, re, I, I tried hard to find somebody to, to compare him to can't do it. Winning Mr. Football as a sophomore um, and then skipping your whole senior year. And, and not only that you skip your senior year and you're reclassed to 2024 to guys that are a year and a half older than you, and you're still a top 15 player. You come in at number 12, I think, in several rankings. That's unbelievable to me. That's just incredible. Like, that's unheard of. Um, he announces today, yesterday, that he's going to reclass to the 2024 class. So he's he's a junior. He's going to skip his whole senior year, uh, graduate early, and enroll in college in the – summer of what would be the summer before his his real senior year so he's given up track which he is a unbelievable 100 yard dash guy like state champion 100 yard dash that he's great could win a state championship in track giving up track i guess heck i guess he's giving up prom two proms i mean dude is ready to i guess no technically he could still go to his junior prom okay i take that back he could go to his junior prom but he is not doing track he said i'm not doing track i don't want to risk getting hurt to go ahead and enroll and be a college football player um, at 
16 and a half, 17 years old. I mean, that just blo- that, that blows my mind. A, that that can even be done now, but uh, B, that not only that, he can do that and be re-ranked at such a high level. Okay, so he has this big press conference. We all know what it is. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody's been paying attention. We know he's not flipping. We know he's already committed to Alabama. We know that there's not really anything that he could necessarily be announcing except for his reclass. So is it that big a deal to have a press conference? Is it that big of a deal to attend? Um, Maybe not. But you know who thinks it's a big deal? Hugh Freeze thinks it's a big deal. Hugh Freeze thinks it's such a big deal that he sends three coaches, three coaches, not one, three coaches. Now you're probably saying, why didn't Hugh go? Well, Hugh technically couldn't go because if he's still going to recruit Ryan Williams, this w- that would have counted as his ho- in-home visit, okay? And we know all about in-home Hugh, hashtag in-home Hugh. He's going to be strategic about that. It's going to be impactful and don't want to waste it on a press conference. So he sends three coaches. So you're thinking, oh, no big deal. There's probably tons of coaches there. Not a single SEC, ACC, Big 12, Big 10. No other coaches at this press conference, but three coaches from the Auburn Tigers. The little things, guys, the little things about this staff are what matters. They do not miss opportunities, okay? You may not get Ryan Williams, but it will not be because you missed an opportunity. You missed an opportunity to call him. You missed an opportunity to see him. You missed an opportunity to show him how much you care and how much you want him to play for you. And I think that today had to have made a huge impact on his his recruitment. Will he sign next week on early signing day? He says he's signing on December. Or I'm sorry. He says he's designing signing on January 9th, February 9th, which is two days after late signing day. There's been some Alabama reporters that say I wouldn't be surprised if he signs next week. I don't know that. I don't know um, what ends up happening. I can only imagine the pressure that he's going to be under um, to sign uh, next week because at this point in time, you got to be sweating. Alabama, okay, he's reclassified. Let's get him in. Let's get him signed as as fast as possible. If he pushes that out to late signing day, and he's been quoted as saying that if that happens, he's going to take official visits. He's going to take his four official visits, and Auburn will be one of them. And based off of the quotes that he said, Auburn will be his last official visit. So little things, guys, they matter not only in recruiting, but they matter in everything in relationships, whatever. It's the little things go so very far. So that's one thing that, you know, again, you may not be able to develop them. You may not be able to win. And I'm not saying Hugh Freeze will win multiple national championships. But I will say that there's nobody that's going to – there's nobody that's going to – hit all the little things and and, and work as hard uh, and care as much and show the guys that he cares as much as Hugh Freeze does. 
Uh, and I, I'm, I'm very impressed. I was shocked that we were the only, you know, coaching staff that was there. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm proud. I'm proud. You know, it's a guy that's been committed to Alabama for a long time. And more than likely, if, if, I, if I was a betting guy right now, I'd say it was more than likely he's going to sign. And you, you may have done it with, with no um, return, but you still did it. And you were there. And I think that is going to pay dividends down the road uh, tenfold, tenfold. So little things, this staff does not miss it, does not miss little things. All right. All right. So we've talked a little bit about the Ryan Williams thing. Now let's really, let's really, really get into the, get into heavy bug action right now. Okay. Um, this past weekend and while we're recording it today, You've had some big-time high school guys uh, and ju junior college guys on campus, one of which went ahead and committed, Seth Willifred from Snow College. I think coincidentally is the same junior college that uh, Keontae Scott uh, went to. Fact check me on that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I believe it's, they went to the same uh, junior college. Uh, offensive tackle, three years to play. He's probably not going to be a factor year one. Probably not going to be a factor year one, but you just added essentially a sophomore, 6'5", 300, that's been through at least a junior college season, a junior college weight room, uh, somebody that you can see film on, uh, that you're adding to the uh, to the rotation that you don't necessarily have to have year one. Azavian Miller, I think, was supposed to be that last year, but he was ended up being so far ahead of schedule, he got to go ahead and – sort of solidify himself as right tackle. Seth Wilfred was one of the, I think, probably their top JUCO guy that they targeted. They stuck with him. He's in the class. Uh, excited about him and the future moving forward and the competition at offensive tackle. Remember the days where we just didn't sign offensive tackles? We just didn't even – didn't care about them. Like, hey, we, we didn't care about offensive line, period, for a while. I mean, there was a stretch where we signed, like, three offensive linemen in three or four years. It was It was insane. We're living and dying by people um, convincing people to come back for their sixth years and not adding anybody. And now you go from having to bring in five dudes uh, in one offseason to be your starting five, essentially, to now you probably only have to have two guys in the portal. You're going to add two or three high school guys. you got four or five dudes that uh, in the 2025 class that you got, that you got targeted, uh, one committed, several right on the edge. Um, and you're just ready to start putting your, uh, you know, putting your foot on the gas and moving forward uh, at offensive line. So Seth Williford, big addition. Um, another guy that, um, you know, we talk about Ryan Williams, we talk about Cam Coleman, we talk about Perry Thompson, L.J. McRae may be the most important player of this whole class. Um, he is a five-star freak defensive lineman you're talking Keldrick Falk size now not Keldrick Falk when he was in high school you know Keldrick Falk was big in high school he blew up to to where he is now uh after being here in the spring and being here uh in the summer and through the you know going through the weight going through the season going through the weight program gaining good weight this guy is absolutely a freak just won the state championship from Daytona Beach, Mainland High School. LJ is an absolute monster. 
His film is incredible. Um, he's somebody that I think we had about two or three guys that we were like, we won't give up on – we want one of these guys. We will not give up on one of these guys. We will not give up on these guys until it's just – until it's signing day. And we, we've stuck with LJ. We've stuck with LJ. And finally, we started to see a little chink in the armor of the UF um, Florida uh, recruiting class with the Florida with you know Billy Napier and and the 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 status of the program. You're seeing dudes going to portal. You're seeing a lot of uncertainty, and we've been right there. It's not we didn't wait until this happened to sh to show back up. We never left. We were there with LJ, and he came in for an official visit. And he came in with his buddy Jamonta Waller, who we flipped from from uh, UF. And you saw some like awesome pictures. Like, did you see the pictures of them in the Letterman's jacket? You got to go look up look up these guys on Instagram. They have these like um, starter, uh, these old retro tight Letterman looking jackets, sitting both looking just absolute like absolute beasts. And then and Jamonta says, "Hey, you can't you can't double both of us. You can't block both of us." Like you got to pick one, and then the other one's coming, uh, and that is the kind of guy that is a is an absolute program changer. You're talking Derek Brown, program changing defensive lineman that you could possibly be adding. If you said right now, C five, you can add one more guy to this class right now. You only get to add one out of everybody: KJ Bolden, Ryan Williams, whoever. Add one more guy. I'm adding LJ McCray. That's that's the number one because you win championships with game changing defensive linemen, and that's who LJ McCray is, and he would be from day one. You would have to tranquilize him to keep him off the field. I think he's going to be that good. And honestly, at this point in time, it's uh, December twelfth. I'm going to be shocked if he's not in this class if he does not sign with Auburn next year next week. I really will be absolutely shocked. If nothing else, he doesn't sign at all and pushes it back to need to have to have more time. I want him to go ahead and flip. Want him to go ahead and sign. It's not going to. At this point in time, I'm going to be shocked if he's not. He's not an Auburn Tiger. LJ McCray, stud, puts you well on the path to to a top five class. Um, I think if the way the class calculator works out, if you sign everybody, you sign. And you add LJ McCray, puts you well inside the top ten, probably around the eight, and then you only need to add one or two more to get inside the top five. So it's not really that far fetched. It's not really that far fetched at all. Another guy that came in who is an absolute stud. Uh, that I think this is cool because this is like James Bond type stuff. This is like James Bond type stuff. Amherst Williams, another defensive line recruit. That's committed to Florida, another top 100 defensive lineman. He's not as physically gifted as an LJ McCray, but he's just as disruptive. He can be just as much of an impact. You're talking more of in the Marcus uh, Harris role, you know, sort of that six, you know, that that you know space eating, disruptive, you know, type inside defensive guy. Dirt gets in the gets in the dirt, gets dirty. That's who this guy is. Uh, he came in on an official visit um, uh, yesterday. So today's Tuesday. Yesterday he came in on his official visit. He'll be here to at least sometime today. And I think the reports will start coming out. Um, we worked on this guy behind – when I said James Bond type stuff, nobody knew this name was out there until like last week. 
Be, but we were working him the exact same way we were working with working LJ. Not for not when the opportunity arose the whole time, and then the opportunity came up, and and then we got our shot. We were we had ourselves in position so that when the opportunity arises, we have our shot. He comes in for a visit. Um, we'll see how things go. I can't imagine he had a bad time, uh, but uh, I mean, I think a thing that can, that you'll need to watch on him. Um, there was a report that came out that uh, one of our current commits, Dimitri Nicholas, uh, three-star defensive defensive lineman, a similar build, similar type player, maybe not quite as athletic as an Amaris Williams, was asked, "Hey, let's sign, maybe possibly sign on the late signing period. Not necessarily saying we don't, you know, go look elsewhere, but let's just wait and see what happens." I think that's that's probably a pretty good sign. It's probably a pretty good sign for an Amer Amaris Williams. Amaris, Amaris, not really sure how to pronounce it, but I don't think that had any bearing on LJ McCray. I think it has most of the bearing to do with Amaris Williams. I think those, like I said, those two are similar players. Uh, if you get an Amaris Williams to to want to join, <coughs> do you have room for a Dimitri Nicholas? Um it's kind of cutthroat, but it kind it you know it is what it is at this point in time. So the pathway to a top five class uh, is there, um, and we're six seven days away, six seven days away from signing day. So um, you got some big visits coming up this weekend, um, probably high school and uh, portal. Can you get KJ Bolden in again? It's a big basketball game this weekend. Can you sneak him in for another visit? We've got some of the current commits coming. Can you sneak in some dudes in with them to be with them for, for a basketball game for a weekend uh, and really seal the deal? So I think that's going to be the key. A lot of that will start to make sense over the rest of the week. And I'm going to have it here for you on Thursday. We're going to have a weekend preview. We're going to talk about who's coming in, any developments that have happened since today, uh, and we're going to have a blast. So I don't know. Uh, I had a blast last Thursday. I had a lot of fun recording this one. For some reason, you guys like listening to it, so I'm going to keep putting it out. Um, I really appreciate uh, everybody that listened, everybody that downloaded, everybody that commented. I tried to comment back to most of them. Um, you got questions on Twitter. You can DM me. You can tweet at me, whatever. Whatever. I'm here. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to bug out. Uh, I'm some people say, "Hey, you're one of us," and and that's how that's how I feel. I'm just I'm just like one of you guys. We're just we're just fans that 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 love Auburn, that that get fired up for recruiting, that get fired up for football, and, and I'm just here to talk about it. And hopefully, I can be you know just like a voice. I, I'm like your I like say the things that are that are prob probably in your head. You know you know that kind of thing. So um, y'all have a great rest of the week. We'll talk on Thursday, and uh, hopefully. Maybe there's going to be some fireworks between now and then. So we'll see, but I'll definitely uh, have it there for you. So appreciate it again. Catch us on Thursday. Follow me on uh, Twitter slash X at V underscore Charlie underscore five. You can catch me on Locked on Auburn, um, the, the Locked on Auburn Discord, uh, on Locked on Auburn podcast on Tuesdays. Uh, I'm here. Like Dion says, I'm easy to find. So y'all have a great rest of the week. Catch you on Tuesday. 
This is episode two of the Top Button Podcast, so stay buttoned.